Indeed was my brother thinking. How are you doing, Mark? he said. I examined his face more closely. His skin had a yellowish, leathery tinge, as though the fire within had burnt out. His eyes looked somewhat weary, but also resigned, like one who sees burdens for what they are, ineluctable, requiring his constant vigilance and duty, always there. Great threads, man, I said, not knowing how else to reply. He wore a beautiful, silver-shaded, navy-blue suit with crisp tailoring. I was seeing everything about him with acute clarity, every stitch visible, every crease thrown into relief. There was a bald strip on the left side of his head where he had been accidentally nicked by an electric trimmer. He wore a flag lapel pin, neatly aligned with the knot in his brilliant blue-and-white speckled tie. The words rang again in my mind. I will meet you and your wife in China, just not in Shenzhen. They won't let me have dinner with you. My brother had kept his promise. But his mind was elsewhere, or perhaps it was too fully engaged in the moment, like the man who has consumed a cup of tea greedily, then drunk another and another, the pleasure diminishing further with each fresh cup. I was perhaps his hundredth cup of tea, after a year packed with more than he had ever expected to drink. During our meeting, Barack smiled just twice. The first time was when he saw a picture of my mother. For the recent publication of my novel, I'd produced dummy copies of the book, which featured its jacket but had blank pages within. Let's get some photos of your family and paste them inside for Barack, my wife had suggested before we flew to Beijing. I loved the idea. Eagerly, we selected photos of my father, my late brother, David, my mother, and myself, ones Barack had probably never seen before, and pasted them in. Beside each one, I wrote in longhand a short paragraph of explanation and reflection. How is your mother? he asked. She's fine. Please send her my regards. It was a slight smile just the barest upturn of the lips and an almost imperceptible fluttering of the eyelashes, as if he felt too abashed to say anything more. This is Barack's real smile, the reflection of his personality when it is free from theatrics and politicking, arising from his own somewhat stern and somber character. Our respective mothers and grandmothers were powerful and unforgettable influences over both our lives, that smile said. The second time he smiled was when we came to a picture of our father sitting at a desk studying. In this photo, taken during his student days at the University of Hawaii, Barack Obama Sr. looks serious and fully absorbed in his work. A faint curve of pigment, perhaps an old flame's lipstick, is faintly impressed on the top part of it. This photo showed the side of my father that I had grown to admire late in life. In it, I saw all the industry and focus on his studies that had pulled him ahead of so many. My brother looked at this photo and smiled again, but only half a smile this time, tinged with implicit refusal to engage with me further on this subject. I'd forgotten that in private, away from the public oratory, my brother could be a black Heathcliff, his presence a monosyllabic and sullen wind that roared across the moor, cold and isolate. He didn't say anything, but I knew at that moment he could not forgive me. 
At one of our previous meetings in Austin during the campaign, I'd given him a carefully chosen piece of Chinese calligraphy. Tianya Zhuqiu. So close, yet so far. So far, yet so near. My brother was so close to me in this Beijing room, and yet still so far away. I had hoped we would talk of Obama Sr., perhaps reach an understanding of how two sons of the same father could have followed such widely divergent paths. Yet could I honestly have expected that some old photographs, or even the novel I had written, would get my brother to open up to me for the first time? How could the beliefs he had clung to for decades, the entrenched admiration of an adult for his father, be in any way altered by the views of a brother he barely knew? How naive I had been. It was a good question my friend had asked, but in the end, there was no answer to it. Whatever Barack thought of my novel and what it said, he would never tell me.